If you have a request or shout out, hit us up live in the studio. You are now tuned. Good evening and welcome back to your favorite podcast. It's your girl, Samantha, and this is Kure FM. Thank you so much to everyone who has been listening in. It has been amazing reading all your comments, your messages, and just remember that you are welcome here anytime you'd like to talk to me or you have a topic you want to talk about. So today we have a very special caller who's calling us from the beautiful United States of America. And she is Zimbabwean, but she has been living in the United States. And today we're just going to get into the details of her life. And we have so many interesting um, issues we're going to discuss today. So without further ado, let me welcome my caller. Hello. Hello, Sammy. Hi, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm fine. How's the weather in the United States? It's summer, so it is crazy hot right now, um, and we're enjoying it. Wow. Well, I'm partially enjoying my summer. I don't enjoy the humidity. It's out of this world. <laughs> Very true. I've never experienced anything like that until I came to this country. Yeah, it's I know, right? Crazy. Like in Zimbabwe, yeah, we're so used to summer being hot and dry and that's it but with uh-huh. uh japan and i guess the united states it's humidity on humidity it's just out of this world it's a shocker yeah. it's a shocker to the system <laughs> okay so please introduce yourself give us like a back story on who you are and if you'd like to use a pseudonym you're welcome if you're using your actual name please do tell us all right, so my name is Shamisa Mona Lisa. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm from uh, Harare, Zimbabwe. That's where I grew up. Uh-huh. And I moved to the United States eight years ago now. I okay. came uh, to study college. And I just finished my master's in business admin. Wow. Like, Congratulations. Two ago. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. Yep. Um, I think that's that's it. I think that's where we can start from and then take it from there. Okay. So, Shamiso, uh, how long have you been living in the United States? Did you just go there for school or you have been there prior to your schooling day? So, I actually came just for school. I literally came, like, I think school starts in August here and uh-huh. I came in July and have been here for school since. Um, I've worked a little bit in between Uh my bachelor's degree and my master's degree, but for the most, I've been here for school. Wow. Okay. So what made you choose the United States for school in particular? Um, My oldest sister Mm -hmm. was already here and she was studying here and she'd had, you know, successful transition. And uh, in Zimbabwe, I'm part of that, uh, generation that was in high school during that huge economic uh, collapse yeah, yeah. of 2007, 2008. And so I think at that time, there was just this idea of if you want to get quality education, you have to leave the country because there was so much economic instability. So I think that's when the idea really got planted in my head to consider studying abroad and it just stuck. Oh, okay. So we always hear of the United States or America as the land of dreams. How was your initial like um, 
reaction as soon as you got to the United States? What was it that you saw? What was it that you felt? Did you feel the spirit of the American dream or what? I mean, Sammy, when you first get to um, America, like I remember the first time I got to America, I think you're just so impressed and overwhelmed by the look and the feel of things. Yeah. You know, well-manicured public lawns and well-paved roads and everything is painted. There's a there's a newness that you see when you get to even like I grew up in Arari, which is a big city. Yeah. And when I came, I came to like a relatively smaller city. But I remember just looking at everything and saying, wow, everything is so well kept. Even yeah, if yeah. It's not, even if it's public property, you know, you don't have to go to a fancy neighborhood to see that manicured and maintained and perfect, like, just look. And I remember just being so impressed and driving on a freeway for the first time. <laughs> like, I don't think, I don't think in Zimbabwe there's really those freeways like that uh-huh. um and i remember just getting on the freeway and i was like where are we going we were really only going like 15 minutes away but we got on a freeway and i was so impressed and i was just like oh my god where are we what is this <laughs> i was definitely grinning from ear to ear because to some extent america was matching my expectations mm-hmm. another thing that impressed me so much was free wi-fi everywhere okay i was like oh my god i can just turn on my phone and i have wi-fi at the airport what <laughs> <I'm so laughs> yeah yeah so We're i know that initial reaction there was wi-fi yeah that initial reaction is just priceless i remember the first time i came to japan that was me i could not believe this is actually like because i live in what they call a rural city and i was like wow if this is a rural city when they come to zimbabwe they will be shocked you know so i get where you're coming from so after moving to the united states what were your first uh what what was the first problem you came into contact with like your first problem moving to the united states oh my gosh one of the biggest problems you just realize is you have you have no knowledge of what is going on. Mm-hmm. You know, I just didn't know what was going on. Um, I remember my first week of, because I came with my suitcase. That's all I had with me. <laughs> and at that point, and I also came with a card that had $250 on it. And I thought I was balling. Like when I left home, oh, $250 yeah. was a lot of money. <laughs> but as soon as I got here, <laughs> I had to buy bedding. I didn't have like sheets and and you know, I think that at home we lived a modest life. Yeah. You know, I would not have worried about having sheets and a bed cover. And like I wouldn't not I would not have worried about having all those things. Yeah. But then when you come here and I had one pillow, you know, wow. and that was normal to me. Like I remember having one pillow and just, you know, my bedding and a duvet. Like I had just the basic things. I went to the store and bought the basic things. Mm-hmm. And I remember just going, oh my God, this is so expensive. I wasn't expecting a pillow to be $20 <laughs> and things like that. So I remember just being so shocked at how I had no money after one week and had to buy my own textbooks. Oh, that one was a shocker. Yeah. Buying yeah. textbooks for school was such a shocker because the way, the way I went to high school, we used to be given books. Books, you yes. know, so... So it was like, what? I have to buy my own textbooks and shopping online. I I was, I also moved to a rural community. Mm -hmm. And so all the shopping had to be done online. I couldn't just go to the store and there was no public transport in that community. And I was coming from 
like getting on combis every five seconds to there is no public transport there's not even a public taxi not even a bus there's nothing yeah and i was like what is going on so i definitely felt the culture shock i yeah. felt it, it was yeah great i totally understand especially the part where you said everything was super expensive like for any Zimbabwean, I feel who moves out of Zimbabwe and comes into the first world countries and then realizes that $20 to them is just like, yeah, gum money. But then they don't realize that if I take $20 back to Zimbabwe, I can do something bigger than just buying a pillow, than just buying a meal, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So now that you've been in the United States, how ha- how, how is your um social life we are going into the details are you single are you taken what's the situation there so i'm actually married married. how long have you been married how long i got married last year like a year about a year ago a year and so in a month wow Um, congratulations (laughs) thank you and ha Social life is, is crazy. The first place I lived, because I've lived in two towns mm-hmm. now, the first place I lived, it was the rural community. Yeah. And the social life was, you know, strange. And I think I would say I spent the first two years of college in culture shock still. Yeah. And I think when I was in college doing my bachelor's, I was very resistant to... I, I socialized, but I was very resistant to making friendships because I think I had that nomadic energy to say, you know, when you just move, you think, and you know you're going to move again. Yeah. Sometimes you feel like, what's the point? I know I'm going to move again. What's the point of making those lifelong or permanent friends? And yeah. I think I had that attitude. Um, I fortunately had a small community of other African international students around me. Okay. And they really became my family. And so I don't feel like I immerse myself into the culture as much because I didn't have to. I was I actually spent most of my college years learning about other African cultures. Okay. You know, Nigerian music, Nigerian food, Nigerian culture, Congolese culture. Like I spent a lot more time learning about other international students versus really becoming a part of American culture, so okay. to speak. Okay. Um, so Yeah. Uh, your husband is your husband also from Zimbabwe? Is he um not black or is he a black man? Give us the details. <laughs> so my husband is from DR Congo. Wow, he is a black man. And I think just you know what I just spoke about. So I spent a lot of time with other international students. That's really where it came from. Uh-huh. We met in college. So okay. basically, my first day on campus, I met him. Ooh. Um, <laughs> but then we only started dating about a couple of years after that. So two years after college, then mm. we dated for like four or five years and then we got married. <laughs> you were playing hard to get, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, I think many times when you meet another foreigner and you, you, you have that relationship, you're always weighing to say, is this a good move for me? Is mm. this what I should be doing? And also you, there's so many unknowns when you're a foreigner that you, you wonder if it's a good idea to, match with someone who is in the same boat as you are basically yeah um yeah so how was your how did how was the first meeting when you introduced your husband to your family your friends did your family want you to get married to someone who's zimbabwean or they just wanted you to be happy 
So fortunately, when my parents came for my graduation and my siblings, they came for my graduation. That's when they met here. Mm-hmm. So they got time to really digest that I'm dating who I'm dating. Yeah. And they had also met him. And I think they felt very comfortable because when he came, when they came for the graduation, he was basically their driver. You wow. know, he was, he picked them up from the airport, you know, dropped them off where they were staying, would pick them up, brought them to the graduation. He sat with them. He basically did everything. He was like their personal tour guide. So they got to really meet him mm-hmm. and interact with him before we started talking about marriage. Oh, uh, so fortunately, so that, that was like, a was clever a, plot. <laughs> God, God. <laughs> we are taking notes we are taking notes just get your bae to do the nice stuff you know he looks good you know to the family i like that exactly. so how, exactly. and when you met his family have you been to drc congo or you are planning to go there or i don't know so his family lives in Zambia, which makes it even more comfortable. Oh, but yeah. I have not been to Zambia and he has not been to Zimbabwe. That's like one little caveat that's just hanging. Ah. Like we've both not been home to each other's respective homes. But I, I also met his family a few times in different spaces uh-huh. before we got engaged. So I had these little moments um, one time his parents came to visit the campus yeah. and I met them. And then and then he has a brother that I met a few times, yeah. uh, you know, holidays and things like that. And then I really, really feel like I met his family two weeks before the wedding. Really? <laughs> wow. Yeah. That must be wild. Because I know. It was, it was, it was very, I was very nervous, but at that point we were engaged. We knew we were going to get married. You know, you're kind of comfortable knowing that no one's going to be like, oh, we really don't like her. You can't marry this girl. <laughs> like it was out of the question. Yeah. Um, they came for uh, my brother-in-law's graduation. So oh. we went to the graduation. And so that was a family occasion. You get to talk to everybody, meet everybody. And then two weeks later, they came for the wedding. So it, it broke the ice. Yeah, <laughs> the I, ice. I, I, I totally. So, wow, that's very interesting. So I want to know, have you picked up any DRC Congo, like culture aspect that you're now putting into your daily routine or something like maybe the food? Are you now cooking Congo food or what? So, I, you know, I think the only thing that I really have learned to identify with Congolese culture so far is music and also, um, <laughs> I know it's so stereotypical, and also I know that they make like cassava and things like that, but everybody has said that the process for making cassava is so complicated, like the cassava leaves yeah. is so complicated and nobody wants to bother with me with that. So, honestly, no. And then they eat Sada, you know, and so it's, that part is just it's the same. So it's a walkover. like whatever I cook, everybody eats, it's okay. Like oh, they really beautiful. love that much. Beautiful. And I don't even think my husband is interested in Sadza itself. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So uh now so what do you are you working in the United States and in which field are you working? Okay, so I did my bachelor's in biochemistry. So I worked in that field for about a year. And then I went to do an MBA. So right now, I'm, I'm actually doing my job search as someone who just graduated. And now all this stuff happened. Yeah. And it's affecting the job market. So 
I'm not yet working <laughs> like that. Okay. Uh, but hopefully I get something and I start making a little bit of money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But from your page and your YouTube, I know you are a yoga guru teacher cuz anyone who can do that stuff to me is a master because I cannot move <laughs> one part of my body that way. So, can you tell us more about your yoga journey? How did you get into yoga like the whole journey how did you start doing yoga uh, so yoga is something i started when i was in in college doing my bachelor's and uh-huh. you know a few a group of friends got together one time this girl was so excited she just learned something new over the summer we were coming out of a chemistry class she's like guys come on let's go do some stuff so we did this um acrobatic yoga so it's like you partner up you team up and you do a few you know, gymnastics like yeah. things. Um, and that was so fun. But then that was like, it was like the end of summer when we got to do that. So then winter came and we couldn't be outside doing those things. So I started wanting to get ready for the next cycle. You yeah. know, I was like, I want to build my strength. I want to be able to do all this fun stuff by myself. And that's when I started, you know, looking up yoga videos on YouTube. Yeah. And I started practicing. And next thing, like, I think after about a year... I was a different person. Wow. <laughs> you know, cuz I can I see from your page and your YouTube, you do crazy stuff. Like that is crazy. <laughs> it's mind-blowing. I told you. I tried to do just one pose and that was a complete fail, you know. So, uh I guess yoga uh intertwines into your fitness. Are you a fitness person? Do you love fitness? Yeah, just Sammy, before yoga, you would have never caught me in a gym. You would have never caught me anywhere. I was so resistant. I think I was a stereotypical Zim Harare girl who doesn't, who just thinks that gyming stuff is silly. Yeah. But then once I started, I'm more confident now. So okay. if you ask me to say, let's go do this, let's go play soccer, let's go do this, I'm more confident to know that my body won't let me down. I'll also be looking like I'm an athlete in front of people. So I'm more willing <laughs> to do other fitness things. Okay. You know? Uh, from yoga because I know my own strength and I also know when to stop. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm I'm free. I'm free to say, okay, let's do this. If I don't want, I can just say I don't want, you know. But everybody knows now that I've got some sort of fitness life and they and I'm approachable in terms of that. Um, and I really think that what made yoga stick is that that you know when you're studying and you're feeling overwhelmed yeah, and you just feel like yeah. you need to, to you need relax. to do something to shake it off mm. um i think that's how yoga stuck in my life and i think that's why americans are so obsessed with fitness it's because i think if there's a more of a link to mental health and stress relief mm-hmm. than just wanting to look a certain way you okay. know it's not okay. just about the weight loss or the six pack cuz life here hey it's hectic <laughs> It's different. It's very, very different. It's very, very hectic. I think there are a lot of social, psychological, and mental pressures that we deal with that okay. are different from home. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, in your experience, can you uh, shed more light on that? Like how the the mental issues in the United States, how it goes according to you compared to in Zimbabwe? You know, I think that the biggest difference is people here, the society is very individualistic. It's very one man for himself. Okay. So, I, like I can give an example to say, I remember my first week working after graduating college, I didn't have a car. Mm-hmm. And I just assumed, man, after one week of work, someone will notice I don't have a car and offer me a ride. Yeah, you know, instead yeah. of me catching the bus. And that didn't happen. 
and even when you would have a car breakdown, I remember one time my car broke down. I couldn't even get someone else to come and pick me up, you know, wow. who I work with, you know, um, to come and pick me up and drop me off at home. I couldn't, you know, it doesn't mm. matter how many times you bring it up at lunch. People just act like, oh, okay, Shane, you're going to get an Uber. Wow. <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that society that's very individualistic, I think it puts a lot of stress on people. Yeah. And so now people have to find ways of relieving the stress because you just feel like it's you. It's you against the whole world. Yeah. There's no real support like that. Uh, I mean, of course, I have my family and some of my friends who understand, but I can tell you that, yeah, there's no, even like, the money system. I think back home, if you're out of money, you go borrow from your friend, yes. from your family. Yes. But here, you go to the bank, you get That's a credit, it. you get credit, and you get charged interest. So that kind of stress where you feel like you have to figure it out by yourself, when you go to people and ask for help, it's like they're looking at you like, mm, what's wrong with you? Mm. You know? <laughs> I, I, you I totally get what you're saying. inappropriate. Mm, because... Mm-hmm. My, the, the first girl I talked to you in episode one, Mirai, she brought out the same thing with Japan, which I can attest to because it seems when I think of home, that's when I feel like Zimbabweans or maybe Africans as a whole, we have such a strong family construct, even with people who are not related to you, that when you have a problem, when you have a money issue, when you're trying to get to work, we just step in and help each other. And it's so different when you come to the Western world, or in my case, in the Eastern world, they don't have that. It's just non-existent. And one time I read an article that actually actually said, like, a person died in their apartment, and they only found him, like, a week after. And I was like, what were the neighbors doing? Like, because in Japan, the apartments are so close together that you'll be able to know that, oh, this person is um, in his or her apartment or not. But here, the culture is so uh, one person or one man for his own family. And it's so sad. That's what I feel like. It's so sad. And I understand when you're saying that it ties into the mental health thingy because in Japan, the suicide rates are just crazy. Uh, It's just out uh of this world. So yeah, okay. So now, given that uh, we have the, was it in June, May, when the Black Lives Matter construct or situation started, what's your experience to uh, racism or uh, police profiling living in the United States? So fortunately for me, I don't want to lie, I've never had any real interaction with the police that was uh, negative. Yeah. Um, but I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that America is very segregated. Yeah. So you'll find that black people tend to live in certain spaces and white people tend to live in certain spaces mm-hmm. and they don't really interact and mix. So it's very easy for the police to profile you. If you live in a certain neighborhood, they're coming there looking for trouble. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay, they're, not yeah. even, they're not even... So when you live in certain neighborhoods, you're going to get very negative experiences with the police. Or if you're a black man in mm-hmm. other very white neighborhoods. Yeah. You know, you're going to get those experiences where you feel like, hmm, maybe the police are following me around. <laughs> maybe they're looking for a problem. Yeah. Um, but because I live in more of, um, where I live right now, it's considered more of an international community. There are a lot of immigrants, okay. you know, a lot of okay. foreigners. So I feel like the attitudes of the police are different yeah. because they know this is not a strictly white place or this is not a strictly black place. It's got a mix. But 
the reality is when you go to other parts of town, mm-hmm. you see that there's a different attitude here. There's yeah. a way that people are being treated here that's different. Um, and also, as you interact with people, you know, I think when you're coming from Africa, you don't, you're not even conscious of your blackness. Yeah, you exactly. just look at yourself like, yeah, just a person. But I remember even in college when I would raise my hand to participate, yeah. I remember my teachers would look at, my, look at me and then not pick me because wow. they were scared that I would get the answer wrong. Like, you know, they just thought she's black, she's dumb. I don't wow. know why she's even raising her hand. That is I bad. got to the point where in college, I never used to raise my hand. I just used to talk. Wow. I just used to surprise the teachers and just give the answer because I realized that a lot of the times they thought I was going to embarrass myself by giving a wrong answer, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't expect, they didn't even expect a black girl to be smart. And I can say in, in when I was studying, I think there were five black students in the science, uh, uh, science department mm-hmm. and we were all African. Wow. <laughs> so you can tell that that idea of where people go to school, their neighborhoods, their, their race, it ties in too when you get to college because people don't expect black people to have a good high school education, yeah. um, to have, to be comfortable even in corporate or academic spaces. They don't expect that. Yeah, I realized as soon as you leave Zimbabwe or Africa in particular, you just become very conscious of yourself. Like, yeah, I'm black. But then when you're back mm-hmm. home in Zimbabwe, I think it's because we are so, we're surrounded by a lot of black people. Of course, we have uh, white people, we have different races, but we don't have the racial tension that is around the world. So I totally mm-hmm. get what you're saying when you say uh, you get so conscious. It's, it's, it's crazy that like your lecturer or your professors didn't even pick you because they thought, ah, she's a black girl. She won't be able to do ABC. It's just Uh wild and sad that some people do not realize that this is just a skin color. It's just skin color. That's it. It doesn't tie into what you are internally and all that stuff, you know? So Uh do you plan to keep on staying in the United States or you have plans of moving to another country? I don't know. I'm honestly not sure. <laughs> a part of me is like, I could stay in America. And then mm-hmm. another part of me is like, I could also go somewhere else. Um, I think that when you are, when you're from Zim, first mm-hmm. of all, a lot of us are not planning to go back. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I get what you say. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, sometimes you feel like wh- where you've come from, it's not going to afford you the opportunities of where you are or where you could be going. Yeah. And then I think obviously, Marrying someone who's not Zimbabwean also ties into the decisions that you make. make. Mm-hmm. I think we are thinking of trying to stay in places where we consider them neutral places. You know, yeah. not his home, not my home, just somewhere neutral. Neutral, yeah. Um, so I think that's the thought process. Okay, okay. And so, what can we expect from Shami in maybe? the coming two three years are we going to see a yoga studio because i really feel that you are really good at it and i love the passion that you exhibit when you're doing yoga and everything what are your plans in terms of the yoga space i think there are two things i don't know if i'm gonna start a yoga studio i think a yoga studio will have to do a lot with where i am and if i feel like i have a long-term plan Mm -hmm. in that area in that place physically um, but I think expect to see a lot more yoga mm-hmm. online um, and then also expect to see 
I think I'm going to go into merchandise and okay. like yoga clothing, um, Afrocentric yoga clothing or Afro-inspired uh, yoga clothing because I feel like sometimes the fitness community is very black, white, gray. Yes. There's not a lot of color yes. um, in terms of what we wear and I want to just bring that color into that space. Mm. So I feel like, you know, fitness clothing, fitness wear, and definitely a lot more online because it's the way that I learned my practice. So it's obviously a, a, a way that I think can reach a lot more people, um, especially all over the world. And considering that I'm so apart from my original community, from fellow Zimbabweans, yes. that would be a good place. Um, maybe one day I'll become a traveling yoga teacher. <laughs> yeah, you need to do and, that and introduce the yoga culture to Zimbabwe because I feel... We definitely need that in Zimbabwe. If we can stretch our bodies that way, which <laughs> is uh, a lot of work, but I feel like if you 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 grow to that size, you can go to Zimbabwe and introduce it to the whole of Zimbabwe. I feel that like that would be mm-hmm. amazing and everything. Yes, I think so, and I think as the world is coming closer together with uh, internet, um, I feel like there's interest you know there's curiosity about what is this thing that other people are doing how does it help what Mm -hmm. can i do how can i do it how can i make a career out of it and i think it would be a very viable option um all over the continent and in zimbabwe as well okay beautiful so we are now closing up i just have one question if you Mm -hmm. had to pick between donald trump and kanye west who would you pick Sure. <laughs> That's a trick question, I think, eh? I, I think that that is a trick question. Um, <laughs> I can't answer that. I can't answer that. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, yeah, let me just throw it in there. Anyway, thank you so much, Shami. Like, in closing, what would you like to say to our listeners here on Kure FM? Um, I, I, so I actually just want to say, you guys, I hope you're enjoying the podcast. I hope you're enjoying Rutendo's work. Thank I, you. Uh, I follow her on YouTube. I follow her on Facebook. <laughs> I'm enjoying the, the podcast and I can't wait to hear your stories when you call in and share your experiences. Oh, thank you so much. I think we can also invite you one of these days, you know, we might have people who have questions on getting married to someone who's not from your country or dating when you're not in your home country you know we are just going to start something along those lines i will not say much we are working on something along those lines so we might invite (laughs) you one of these days you know i'm definitely available for that (laughs) thank you so much and thank you everyone for listening in today we got a lot of uh beautiful advice and advice and advice and advice in all sectors be it mental health fitness relationships from shami who is based in the united states i hope everyone enjoyed and i hope you keep on listening to our podcast if you have any questions requests or feedback you can hit us on our facebook twitter and instagram we are always open there and keep on listening to your favorite podcast thank you good night